Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Hey there, and welcome to episode 43, and today we are going to dip our toes into a pretty multifaceted topic. This is something that's on lots of people's minds, and I have to say, it's one of my favorite things to talk about and to think about, and it motivates me to stay creative and expand my thinking, and it really goes hand in hand with a lot of the sustainability issues that are so vital to interior design and architecture. We are talking numbers today in the form of dollars and value. Now, I want to acknowledge money can be a sensitive subject, but I come from the Susie Orman school of money philosophy that if we don't talk about money with candor and honesty, it can be pretty much impossible to understand the value of things, including ourselves. So consider this your content warning. If hearing cold, hard numbers and money talk in general strikes you as gauche or makes you feel nauseous, this may not be the episode for you because I am going to dissect a lot of elements for you today, and I'm not going to shy away from talking about certain things that may not get spoken about in polite society. And the reason I'm doing this is that if and when you embark on a renovation journey, you can act from a place of information and knowledge and not feel blindsided by costs at every twist and turn. Because that's actually a common piece of feedback I hear, not necessarily from my clients because I work to educate them, but friends, family, acquaintances who decide to work directly with a contractor or installer or even just buy a few pieces of furniture will say this to me. And as I said, this is a complex topic. So this episode is actually going to be part one of two in this series because it's important to discuss both the why and the how of budgeting in their own dedicated episodes. So with that, let's get into it. To start, I just want to say that renovations and interior updates are not necessarily an everyday activity for your average person. So the numbers tied to all the various components can be surprising, especially when there isn't anything to compare it to. If you're used to seeing retail prices, this can definitely enforce that sticker shock. Target does not provide contractor services, at least not yet. If you've renovated before, that is a great frame of reference, but any given point in time can produce wildly different construction costs, and I'll touch back in with that in a minute. You might also have some sense of the economy of renovation if you're really into watching some of the more technical residential makeover shows, but 
a lot of these shows leave out the dollars and cents details. They might talk about overall numbers, but they don't always break down what particular items are driving the budget and why. And I get it. Shows aren't going to obsess over numbers because really it's all about allowing the fantasy and escape and entertainment to really be center stage, which is totally okay. I love getting lost in a TV show, but this does contribute to a collective misunderstanding around money and spend when it comes to renovation. I have worked with lots of different clients from single women in New York City looking to freshen up their apartments to billion dollar corporations that are building innovative global headquarters and every imaginable project in between. It turns out money is a concern for pretty much everyone no matter how many figures are in their bottom line. So that being said, money is relative, right? What is affordable or expensive is an opinion, for the most part, that hinges on access to money. Now, as a reference point, according to HomeAdvisor.com, the current home renovation can range anywhere from $3,500 to $150,000. I hope that narrows it down for you, but most projects fall between $18,000 and $75,000. These numbers are still way too broad for comfort for me, so let's take a closer look at what is generating these numbers and why there is variation. Of course, there are scope considerations, how big of a project you're doing if you're just redoing one room versus your whole house, but there are other factors that affect the price as well. There are so many different elements that create this wide range in construction costs, and one of the largest is location. The same way that property value varies by location, construction and renovation costs vary by location as well. This can be as simple as the factors that determine cost of living in an area, whether it's local tax percentages, local requirements for certain types of insurance, cost of permitting, and then there's labor. Labor is a word that is used to summarize the people who do the actual work on a project. So that's installers, artisans, equipment specialists, union workers, people who use their brains and their physical bodies to calculate and execute all kinds of things from welding to installing drywall, painting, making sure the wires in your walls work and meet local electric codes. This is no small portion of the construction process. I think it can be very easy to forget that renovation requires a team of humans to make it happen. And you as the client are responsible for compensating the entire team. Because the labor aspect of a job is usually such a large part of the price, it's tempting and maybe not unfair to scrutinize the work being done. There are definitely things that may not seem fair, like certain workers come for an hour, but you have to pay a full day rate to them. Sure, I get that that seems a little wacky, but what's important to understand in terms of the value you're receiving is this person's years of knowledge and experience that in some ways really can't be given an hourly rate. But the bottom line is that we are working with other human beings to achieve big goals for our homes. And when it comes to cost, it's easy to lose sight of that. The work being done doesn't typically happen in a factory with automated machines. 
These are custom solutions tailored for your space and implemented by real people. I remember, and this is a bit of a tangent, but when I got married, I was balking at every cost and the catering was particularly a high number, but I knew I wanted the food to be great, so I ponied up and just went for it. And on the actual day of my wedding, I saw that we had a team of hardworking, smiling waitstaff that, yes, I had seen as a line item on our quote, but I hadn't really even thought about it. I mean, we were doing buffet-style food, so I didn't think that would require a lot of staff, but they were busy setting up and clearing dishes and making sure the buffet was running smoothly, and they did a great job. And it really shifted my feelings on what I was paying for, because prior to that, I was really just thinking I was paying for a bunch of food. But I also got this great team that made it so that I didn't really have to do anything, and neither did my friends and my family for the most part. And that was a really good investment. Renovations are the same scenario. It's easy to think we're just paying for new marble countertops, but we're also paying for the expertise to select, install, and finish that countertop. There's someone making sure that the edges are fully honed and the seams are minimally visible and getting that cutout for the sink placed correctly all the little details that make your counter actually work. It's the people that make the project. Okay, so we're still looking at what composes the cost of renovations, and the next item on the list is the current economy. And whatever that looks like can actually be changing on a day-to-day basis. A lot of us think about the economy as affecting things like annual inflation or the price of groceries or gas, but the economy has a super organic and fluid influence on the world of construction too. Firstly, and probably most obviously, there is just the concept of supply and demand. If everyone is renovating and building at one particular time, like at the time I'm recording this, There isn't a lot of activity in the world of office design because everyone's working from home and corporations are gleefully shedding their real estate footprints to reduce overhead. But with everyone at home almost all of 2020, the residential market is pretty active. And you may have noticed this if you went to Home Depot to buy any type of lumber in the last 12 months. Since mid-April of 2020, lumber prices have risen by 130% due to all the home renovations and DIY projects that staying at home for over a year has inspired. That's basic supply and demand. This also means contractors and installers are busier, so the prices they are giving new clients to take on new jobs are higher because many of them are already at their capacity for projects. On the other hand, when the economy is stagnant and no one is building, like back in 2009, you will get a lot more quote-unquote competitive prices for labor and materials, meaning less expensive, but it's less likely that you'll be building in a scenario like that because the economy isn't so great and upgrading your home might not be where you want to put your money at that time. Secondly, we have the complexity of the cost of raw materials. This includes things like I mentioned lumber before, but also steel, concrete, 
stone, glass, gypsum mineral, the list goes on. This is just like the flour, sugar, butter, and eggs of baking. These materials are sourced from all over the world, and although many companies focus on American-produced raw materials, there are some items that need to be imported from other countries. And importing can often be a great way to take advantage of current exchange rates, but it also leaves vulnerabilities to geopolitical events. Tariffs are one thing that can be implemented fairly suddenly and have a huge impact not just on the cost, but on the actual availability of materials. Sometimes trading between two countries gets new restrictions and raw materials have to be completely redirected from another source. For instance, between November 2015 and the following year, November 2016, Steel prices fluctuated between $380 per short ton and $640 per short ton. Can you imagine getting a quote for a renovation in 2015 and maybe deciding to wait and then getting a revised estimate the next year? I personally would have so many questions. And there are other elements that can affect the availability of raw materials like natural disasters, political and civil uprisings, the strength of the U.S. dollar versus other global economies, and all of this can affect how readily available and therefore how costly raw materials are. Just think back about that giant cargo ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal a few months ago. It got caught in some strong winds and a sandstorm and couldn't move for days with tons of cargo on board. That was definitely newsworthy because there were these great aerial photographs of this giant ship stuck in this giant canal, and it was really quite a spectacle. But setbacks like that happen under the radar all the time, too. They don't always make the news. That particular ship didn't have any building materials on it, I don't think. I I'm pretty sure all that was on it were like sheep and crude oil, which just makes my heart weep for so many reasons. But it could easily have been bags of cement that were supposed to be the concrete for the footing in your new home's foundation, you know? All this to say, because the essence of what makes up building a wall or a cabinet can fluctuate so much based on so many variables, it can be hard for an architect or a designer to truly pinpoint what a project will cost. They can base an estimate on recent projects, but even that can feel like a fool's errand because prices are constantly shifting and changing. So I think I've made my point right. Building materials don't grow on trees and they don't grow on trees in our backyards. And that makes them fickle to the world's misfortunes. But what about if the project is more of a light touch? What if you're just implementing a few cosmetic upgrades and getting new furniture? What can I say about furniture? It's easy to find pieces that are readily available and inexpensive, especially online. But if you happen to be working with a designer, they have access to a whole other world of trade only and custom pieces that can have a price tag you wouldn't see inside of West Elm. And look, not everything that is more money is better quality. That is a fact. But part of what makes designer furniture cost more is the thorough construction methods and rigorous standards to which these pieces are held. Something I've wanted to do for a long time 
like I think it would just make a cool video is to buy a few sofas from different retail stores like Crate and Barrel, Ikea, maybe even like Walmart and take a chainsaw and just cut them right down the center. Why? Well, other than the fact that it would make a cool video uh, and it would also probably be horrible for the environment and a huge waste of resources, but it would let us know exactly what the inner construction of your typical retail sofa is. And most of them are cardboard. It sounds crazy. Cardboard can be relatively strong when used vertically, and it's a heck of a lot cheaper than using kiln-dried hardwood. But over time, you will start to see sagging and bowing and dipping, and you'll wonder why you hate your sofa so much. Designer pieces are generally made with craftsman level construction. And with these trade only companies, you can always ask about their process. They might even offer to give you a tour of the factory. Of course, there are plenty of furniture companies that are only putting on a front as high end and won't deliver the quality you would want from a higher end piece. And if you can't tell if you're dealing with a true blue craftsman or a snake oil salesman, that's another great reason why you hire a designer if not only for a quick consultation call. One thing I always get asked is if I get a designer discount on furniture. The answer is usually yes, but it isn't what you would expect. Retail stores will often give designers like a 10% discount, which can end up feeling fairly insignificant. I don't want to sound ungrateful about that, but think about it. That puts a $2,000 sofa at $1,800. That's great. That's a savings, right? Is it a steal? Is it going to make you feel like you really worked the system to your advantage? For me, not so much. Now, to the trade companies, often offer deeper discounting, but because these are more complicated custom pieces that require time and thought from the designer, a lot of times the designers will not pass on the full discount to their client and they will take that savings as part of their compensation. This varies a lot by situation, but it usually looks like the piece has a 40% discount and the interior designer takes 20% for their handling fee and passes the other 20% savings on to their client. But regardless of the discounting, because the prices we are used to seeing in stores and websites are based on these more corner cutting construction methods I mentioned earlier, seeing the real price of quality made items can be shocking. I would say as a benchmark, you could say, oh, I can get a sectional sofa at Al's Home Furniture down the street for $2,000. Great. If you're looking at working with a custom design from a quality manufacturer, that will push you into five-figure territory. And trust me, the $10,000 sofa will hold up better over time, but that might not be a priority for you. So as we will get into next week, determining budgets is all about understanding what's important to you, time, quality, and cost. I can't wait to chat next week because now that you understand the background of the dollars and cents in a budget, we're going to dive into how you can craft a budget for your own project how to work with a shoestring budget, and how to identify the smartest spend and get the biggest bang for your buck. 
Until then, I hope you are taking excellent care of yourself. Stay grounded, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Yeah.